Hanukkah has started and the lights are bright in our southern states. TCU is looking like the new landing spot for transfers. The NFL weekend was amazing, but not so much for the South. And should Alabama basketball keep playing games in Birmingham? It's Tuesday, it's Hanukkah, and so it's time for our new episode of Jake's Take. Let's go! Let's go, don't wait, this night's almost over, honest, let's make what is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Silverman, at Jake's Take Podcast, at Jake's Take 14. And as always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network, your home for all things sports and different forms of sports and varieties. It is holiday season, like we said before. It is terrific. We are so excited that we get to be here, and we get to thank you for spending it with us. So obviously, there's a lot that has been going on. Now, we don't usually talk about soccer on this podcast, but I did want to start off by dropping some exciting news as Argentina has won the World Cup. More specifically, Lionel Messi has gotten his first World Cup win, and it's established he is the greatest soccer player of all time. But most importantly, they did this for Maradona. Now, for those of you who didn't know, Diego Maradona had passed away in 2020, and he was probably one of the most well-known Argentinian players out there. And I know that Messi was very close with him. This whole team loved him. I mean, he also even coached the team before. So I think with this, it was definitely huge. You know, Mbappe played a terrific game. He's still super young. But with this team, you know that they deserved it. And, you know, this is the final, I guess, piece for Messi because he's just worked so hard for it. So I'm excited for him. This is terrific. I know we don't talk about soccer a lot, but I just wanted to add this in. Now, when I watched this Argentina-France game, it made me realize that the U.S. soccer team has so much to get ahead of. Right now, they're still young. You know, that whole team is in their mid-20s. And it's weird to say because, I mean, I'm in my mid-20s. But with this, they still have a lot to learn. They still have a lot to grow. But don't worry, I feel like that the future for the U.S. men's national team will be great. It just is going to take a matter of time, really. But we have a special edition of a quick recap from Christy. And I guess you could call it Christy's Corner. So as always, tune in and listen to our favorite co-host, who's going to provide some knowledge and some new exciting takes on this episode. Christy, as always, the floor is yours. Hi, it's Christy. Sorry I couldn't be with Jake commenting back and forth tonight. I know that's super fun. It's usually how our Tuesday episodes go, but Santa was coming to my neighborhood on a fire truck. Can't miss it. (laughs) But I do just want to highlight some things that have happened this past weekend, some things that are still the buzz in the football world. And the first thing I'm going to talk about is TCU. TCU seems to be the new landing spot and not only the new landing spot for just any old transfers from the transfer portal it seems like SEC transfers really really want to go to TCU so some recent ones that we've seen go there are LSU's receiver Jack Beck we've seen Florida's corner um, Avery Helm They're also in the running for Tommy Brockermeyer from Alabama. He hasn't committed yet, but if you follow that, like, 
crystal ball thing, they call it, as I mentioned last Friday. Um, that's the favorite spot for him to land. Also, last Friday, I mentioned to watch for JoJo Earl to go to TCU. And guess what? Your girl was right. He did commit to TCU. And I am sad to be losing him. He was a pretty decent and consistent player for Alabama. He had a good amount of receiving yards, couple touchdowns. The only thing I would say that was a con for him was he was pretty injury prone. He had an injury prior to this past season and then this past season he had a fractured foot and missed the beginning. So I don't know. Injury prone had him sit out a couple games. Maybe that's why we didn't see him as much or as consistently at Alabama. But he's going home. He's from Texas. That's where TCU is. So I think he'll be a good fit there. Uh, TCU's quarterback, Max Duggan, did declare for the NFL draft. So he was eligible to come back because of that COVID year that some players got. But I think it was smart of him to make that decision to enter the draft. He led a 12-1 regular season. They made it to the playoffs. I think he needs to go out on top. It's hard to tell what TCU is going to do next year. I do think uh, they're going to start next season in the top 10. Will they have as a successful season as this year? It's hard to tell. Um, But I do think this is probably the best season as a quarterback he could have gotten. And I think there's a lot of teams in the NFL that are going to need quarterbacks next year. And I think a lot will put trust in him. So I think it's a good decision on his part. Now, I can't find anything, and maybe Jake can help me here, but I'm not sure that TCU has any players, maybe not any, but not a significant number of players in the transfer portal. And I think that's why TCU looks like such an appealing landing spot for all these SEC players. I think they want a team where they are playing as a unit. They're not playing as an individual for the NIL deals for their name. They want a team that means something to them, and a team that's going to work together. And that seems like TCU is the new team for that. I mean, even their coach, Sonny Dykes, he's the AP coach of the year. And this was his first year there. I think TCU is a team to watch. Uh, and then my next topic I want to talk about are some exciting NFL games. Obviously, we had the Vikings comeback, biggest comeback in NFL history. The Vikings, if you watched the first half, it was just sloppy. And I know people were changing the channel. They were flipping back and forth because they were losing. The game was over. But then if you decided to check in after halftime during the second half, they came back. Cousins was getting touchdowns. They held the Colts to three points in the second half. The Colts had terrible clock management under their interim coach, it was wild. I mean, it was 33 to 0 at halftime. And I know people were relating it to the 3 and what was it, 3 and 28 score from the Patriots game, the Falcons game, because Matt Ryan was with the Colts. But it was just wild. 
we had a lot of interesting games and we had a lot of overtime games. So obviously Colts and Vikings and then you had the Cowboys versus the Jaguars where the Jaguars won in overtime thanks to Dak Prescott and his pick six to end the game. So if you follow me on TikTok, you'll know I do like ranking videos. And recently, it wasn't that long ago, I did one about I think it was called Most Overrated Quarterbacks, and Dak was on my list of top four. And I got a lot of flack for that. And people were saying I didn't know football. I mean, it was obviously Cowboys fans. But this just proves my point. Every year they get this close to the playoffs or they get in the first round and Dak blows it. Not the Cowboys as a team, Dak. So there you go. That's my two cents. And then we had the Chiefs versus Texans in overtimes. The Chiefs did win, but this should not have been a close game. So um, maybe we need to watch the Chiefs. Um, The NFL is interesting this year. I feel like it's not a good betting year for the NFL. Anybody can win. Anybody can beat anybody this year. So it's really hard to pick games. And, I mean, look at Commanders beat the Eagles. That's their one loss, the Eagles, was to the Commanders. It's it's a wild year for the NFL. And then the teams in the South kind of are all in the hunt for the playoffs. I mean, they're kind of only a game apart. So the Bucks are still leading. They're leading. They have six. Six and eight, and then it looks like all the other teams are five and nine. So literally just a game away, and someone can take over and be in the lead for that division. I don't know what's happening with the NFL this year. It is crazy. I know Jake has some basketball things to talk about. I'm going to leave that to him. He's the basketball expert, and I'll be back in my normal fashion another time. Thanks. Bye. As always, thank you so much for your wonderful insight, Christy. We definitely missed you on the show, but we also know that with it being the holidays, we can't say no to family. I mean, family becomes first. And of course, you know, who doesn't want to see Santa on a fire truck? Actually, that sounds really cool. Um, If anyone wants to go look for Santa on a fire truck with me, please let me know. I feel like that they should have that in the Birmingham area. But moving forward, I think it's really important that we discuss TCU. Now, first and foremost, does anyone know what a horn frog is? Because I don't, and everyone I've asked has no idea. So I don't really think I know what a horn frog is. I don't expect anyone to know. But, I mean, at the end of the day, someone will know. Now, Christy had mentioned that with this transfer portal coming in, there aren't a lot of players who have been committed to... TCU or are on their way out. And she's right, because right now, they only have one transfer out. That's amazing. I mean, that's, you know, great for this program. Now, this player is Caleb Medford. He's a wide receiver, and he's about 6'3", 190. And let's kind of see if we can get some more information about him. So right now, with Caleb Medford, he is coming in at... About, it says here on the TCU website that he came in in the 2020 class. Now, he was a three-star recruit, but with this right now, I think it's really important to know that with him, you know, things happen. So, it's looking like he was in the class of 2020. Now, let's see if we can find any stats from him right now. 
So right now, as it appears, I'm not really seeing too, too much. Now I'll see if I can find anything else, but he enrolled June 8th, 2020. So he's been there and he had a good few, you know, um, visits, but let's take a look to see if we can find any stats from Caleb Medford. Okay, so right now, yes, we are correct. There were no stats for Caleb Medford. So right now he's doing what is best for him in his career. I definitely think that that's great for him. He wanted to take a chance on him and... Like I said, with the joining before, like how Christy had said, with JoJo Earl coming in, this could have been a way of Caleb Mever saying that he wanted to export elsewhere. Now let's kind of break down these transfers coming into TCU. So obviously we've got Jack Beck, JoJo Earl, and Avery Helm. Now obviously those are just some of the few transfers we have so far, but they all committed on the 16th, the 17th, and the 18th. Now, that must mean a lot because really with these teams, you know, they're looking for the star potential. And I feel like these three could have it. Now, I truly don't know much about Jack Beck, but with JoJo Earl, he was a really good receiver, like Christy had said. He has a few touchdowns. He's speed. Now, he was expected to be a lot like Jalen Waddle. Now, that's really hard because, you know, there's only one Jalen Waddle. I mean, how have we not retired number 17 yet? But... He was expected to come in, be that slot receiver, and he did a good job for the most part, but he struggled, and he struggled with injuries. So right now, you know, we're going to miss him, but we wish him the best, especially with the emergence of Kendrick Law, Shaz Preston, Kobe Prentice, and Isaiah Bond. So really, you have a lot of slot receivers who are going to continue to battle for minutes. So I think with this, JoJo Earl was wanting to make a difference and I mean he's from Texas and this must mean a lot for him I mean he was a four-star but he's a smaller receiver he's gonna be good in the slot now that's great that he's good in the slot but right now with him I definitely could see him making an immediate impact but we are gonna miss him you know he's a very fast receiver he looks really good so you know we just ha kind of have to wait and see now with Jack Beck you know, I hadn't really heard too, too much about Jack Beck. I mean, he recorded 59 catches for 689 yards and four touchdowns for LSU. And he was an occasional punt returner on special teams. I didn't watch too, too much LSU football. So right now, I think with this, you know, I don't know how much of a loss that is. But this is a very big win for Sonny Dykes. You know, he's six foot two, 215 pounds. He was the number 59 ranked transfer prospect, and he had a breakout freshman year, but he kind of settled down a little bit. Now, he was in the 2021 recruiting class, so he's coming in, and he has some good understanding of the game of football, and he can mentor those younger receivers, too, especially with Max Duggan leaving. Now, that's another thing, too. I was very surprised to see that Max Duggan had entered the NFL draft because this was the first year that we've really seen him I don't want to say make a difference but that he's done a consistently good job so I think with this right now I think that he's going to continue to have a pretty good year especially in the playoffs now we don't know how that goes but with Max Duggan what kind of team is going to draft him in the NFL you know right now you've got a few good quarterbacks in Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, but you also are looking at other 
potential quarterbacks too. What's it going to be like on day two with Hendon Hooker? So right now, I feel like the sky might be the limit with him. But I also truly do not know because right now Max Duggan is a bit of a wild card. Now, moving on to what would have been, or actually, no, let's say it was a crazy week for the NFL. Now, Chrissy had already mentioned how everything is really up in the air with the NFL, and there isn't really a dominant team. I mean, the team with the best record lost to the Commanders, and then the Commanders lost to the Giants. The Commanders also tied the Giants. Like, please outlaw ties in the NFL Mainly because I want to see three more quarters of OT. That would be so great. Anyway, back to that another time. But the biggest thing from this week is that we had three overtime games. And all of our games were decided by a touchdown or less. What? Remember in, you know, like 2012 or 2013 when you would blow out a team? Or in 2009 when the Patriots blew out the Tennessee Titans? That's not happening anymore. These defenses are elite now. I know it's crazy to say. And these games have the offensive firepower to keep up with it. In college football, it's never, you know, each team's going to have a shootout. One team is going to be better than the other. In the NFL, it's looking like that we're not going to be seeing one dominant team anymore. You know, you look at the AFC And that is so wide open. You know, one team loses, another one moves up. They were showing a graphic. Basically, all the teams in the NFC but the Chicago Bears are in the hunt. And that definitely says something about these teams. Now, what does this mean really for this past weekend? Well, I mean, if you thought that this past weekend was crazy, get ready for Christmas. That's going to be a whole other story. And man, I cannot wait for that. I mean, basically, you're having all the games played on Christmas Eve, and then you're going to have all your NBA games played on Christmas Day, which reminds me, why are the Pelicans playing on Christmas Day? I mean, justice for the Pelicans. I mean, put them in prime time, put them in the spotlight. Like I said, we said this last time, you know, put us in prime time, you cowards. I'm still going to be saying that until we get more prime time games, because right now I have to go through so many other ways of watching it, and you want to know what I have to do? I have to look at the ESPN or Bleacher Report app. That's not fun all the time, because I can't keep up, and it's so slow. But anyway, back to this. But this was a crazy weekend of games. You know, you've got the Vikings coming back. That's right, they were down 33 nothing, and they came back. Now, I know that a lot of people are going to say, Well, was this anything related to Matt Ryan? No. Matt Ryan has been on two of the worst lopsided losses of all time. The Super Bowl 28-3 and this 33-0. It wasn't Matt Ryan's fault. With this game, the Vikings just weren't themselves. I also was going to make a joke about Kirk Cousins not playing in primetime or not even playing on Sunday. Can you imagine what that would have been like if Kirk Cousins had played and lost on Saturday? I'm sure more people were making jokes about that. But this Vikings team has done this all year. That's why he's nicknamed Captain Kirk. He's been nicknamed Captain Kirk since his days in Washington. So with this, I mean, it sucks, but this is football. Now, like Christy had said, the Kansas City Chiefs, that game was very interesting because the Houston Texans, even though they only have one win, are playing like a team that has more than one win. So 
it would be interesting to see what happens with them getting a competent quarterback. And I know they're probably going to take Bryce or CJ Stroud. But right now, that could be a very interesting turn of events there. Now, I mentioned how most of the teams are still in the hunt. All the teams of the NFC South are technically still in the hunt. That's right. While the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are leading their division, you have a three-way tie between the Falcons, the Saints, and the Panthers. So insert that gif from Dumb and Dumber of Lloyd saying, so you're saying there's a chance. Because there is a chance that the Saints might make it in. Either way, our goal of having the a Southern team in the South make the playoffs, it can happen. Now, with the Tennessee Titans, they didn't look too, too good. But, I mean, they're looking better, I guess. I mean, I feel like with this, the Tennessee Titans are struggling right now. And they're going to continue to struggle. But keep an eye out on your Southern teams for the playoffs because who knows they could really much make it in there and I mean it's the exciting time this is where you're going to start seeing teams lock up their playoff berths now right now we've seen that in a few teams like the Eagles and we've seen that with the Chiefs but this is where things get interesting and you're going to have some teams that make it and you're going to have some teams that make it and don't really belong there and now we're going to close out with some basketball. Now, I know that Christy had said that I am usually the basketball expert, but I wouldn't say that. But I appreciate the compliment. So what's going on in the South when it comes to basketball? Well, the Pelicans will lead, which definitely hurt my feelings because I love the Pelicans. But they also allowed a close to 60-point game from Devin Booker. So hopefully they know for next time not to do that again. The Grizzlies had a very dominant win over the Milwaukee Bucks, and then the NBA officiating is a joke. Um, So what do you mean by that? Well, with this, the NBA referees ejected John Morant for talking to a fan, and apparently it wasn't anything bad. They were just like, oh yeah, John, you got to get out of here. But then also, in the game against the Phoenix Suns, the referees mistakenly allowed the clock to run out when there were 0.8 seconds left. Apparently, with a goal attend, it allows you to run the clock out. But right now, the South is struggling when it comes to basketball. Now, a big part of this is injuries. You know, injuries suck, injuries happen. But right now, with the teams in the South, you know, it's just very hard because... With the New Orleans Pelicans, they're still without Brandon Ingram. And right now, this team just, I don't know what's going on with them. Right now, they're currently playing the Milwaukee Bucks, and they're down by 12 in the third quarter. Now, usually in the third quarter, this is when the Pels are really good. But right now, they're just struggling. And I think they really need Brandon Ingram back. Because right now, their losses are coming to good teams, but also... This is going to be important when we get into the months of January, February, and March. Now, I know it's still early, and I know that right now the Pels are still in playoff contention, but right now they are on a three-game losing streak, and they really need to try and break that losing streak as they can continue to improve. We don't know when they're going to get Brandon Ingram back, and we'll just kind of have to keep a eye on them. Now, looking at our other teams, right now, the Charlotte Hornets are still struggling. And kind of same with the Atlanta Hawks. Right now with the Atlanta Hawks, they are in the 8th seed. They're 15 and 15. We've always talked about the Hawks. They are a 500 team. They kind of always 
float around that area. So it's not really surprising. But right now with this team, they just need to make sure that they're getting more exposure. Now, with the Hawks right now, they are playing the Magic. And they do want to get revenge on the Magic. So it is possible that we see some revenge there. But right now, keep your eyes on the Hawks. Because they like to kind of stay at the 500 or below 500. Now, finally... It comes down to another argument about basketball in the South, more specifically in the college. Should Alabama stop playing basketball in Birmingham? Short answer, no. I don't know where this came from. I know we struggled, but Gonzaga's a really good team. Drew Timmy and his 45-year-old self is pretty good. But right now with this team, they're young. This is the second game they lost, and now everyone's saying, oh, we should stop playing in Birmingham. No, I like the idea that they're playing in Birmingham. This argument's stupid. They had a great turnout for the fans. And remember, this is a young team. So I don't think that the Birmingham game should stop for Alabama just because we've struggled recently. Yes, I know it sucks, but think about it. You know, if we lost in, I don't know, Hawaii or Portland or Michigan, should we ever go back and play there? There's the argument. I understand that we do well in Tuscaloosa, but think about it. We have so many graduates and so many Alabama fans who live in Birmingham. They were excited to be there. So are you just going to take away that opportunity? That's why I think the argument is stupid and not valid. But that is going to do on this Tuesday episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for all the love and support, especially during this holiday season. As always, you can find this on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon. We're basically on all podcast platforms. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Jake's Take Podcast or my personal Instagram, Jake's 14 I'm also on Facebook, TikTok. You can find Christy on Instagram and TikTok at Christy Marie underscore double zero. As always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network. You can find them on Instagram and Twitter at Variety underscore sport underscore. Be sure to check out Christy's link tree for any information in regards to our bonfire merch store. Get some merch for your family and friends. It's a great time of year. As always, we cannot be here without the love and support from everyone, especially during the holiday season. So remember, remember to make sure you're taking time for your family and friends. I know we talk about how it's important to watch sports on the show, but it's also important to spend time with your family and friends, you know, especially during the holidays. So as always, as always, make sure that you are spending time with them. Next week's episode, we don't really have too, too much going on with Christmas in regards to that. You know, we'll still be having our few shows, but be sure to have some time with your family. We're going to recap some bowl game. We're going to recap the transfer portal. Bo Nix is coming back to Oregon. And right now it's looking like we've got Will Anderson and Bryce Young playing in the bowl game. So we're going to be sure to recap that. But as always, as always, thank you so much for all the love and support. Continue to be great. Be the best version of you you can be. Be alone in this world. Be kind to others. Make sure you're taking time for each other and yourselves during this time. It's a very busy time in the working world. And as always, as always, as always, we will see and hear from you all later. Take care.